0: morning, everybody. Welcome to Children's Church. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing, but <laughs> just saying. All right. So I'm Doug Bridge, family ministry pastor here at Verde Valley Christian Church, and I'd like to thank each of you for being here. I know you didn't know I was going to be here, so now I'm glad you're here anyway, and you haven't left. Um, if you're watching online, we're glad that you're here with us. And uh, by way of a disclaimer, I want to admit right now that the format this morning is going to be a little different than what you're probably accustomed to in this room, but if you watch television, it might work a little bit better for you. Anyway, by way of review, Pastor Jim has shared that 1 Chronicles 16.11 is the verse that we're using for this series called His Presence. This morning, it's uh, week four, keeping your house clean. But 1 Chronicles 16, 11, for those of you who've already memorized it, of course, right? You're all doing that. I mean, he gave you like a verse that the kids memorize in 10 minutes. So you had five weeks, so I think you should be good on week four, right? To get, no, we won't do that. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. It would be a great verse to tuck away, wouldn't it? Because this whole idea of The Lord in his strength, I can tell you that I do not want to be standing on this stage this morning in my strength. That would be a waste of everyone's time. But if I can have the strength of God within me, then then this could work out really pretty well. And to seek his presence continually, not just on Sunday morning, or not just before each meal, before your day gets started, or during the day, uh, but rather that we seek his presence continually. In Children's Church, we recently talked about uh, something that you did as well, the idea that God has expressed his, his dwelling place in a number of different ways. Uh, the first really big one that required a lot of work on the part of the Israelites was the tabernacle, a tent, if you will, uh, a portable temple, something that could be moved with them as they moved from one place to the next. Followed by a permanent residence, uh, an actual physical temple, um, then Jesus showed up, fully God and fully man. And then interestingly, what what no other religion, what no other faith, what no other world view does, God says, and I'm gonna come live in you. You are going to be my temple. Oh my goodness. Um, in the person of the Holy Spirit, indwelling each of those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Which brings us to this week. So I want to do a little clarification. Uh, This idea of keeping your house clean. Um, I don't want you to be concerned that after the service today, we'll be sending uh, elders and deacons around to your home to check out how things are laid out whether or not you vacuumed and put things away, because some of you might have been, huh, I saw some nudges too. Um, Some of you might, might be in a dead panic right now going, do you know what that would be like? You don't know what my house looked like when we left this morning. It was kind of a hurry. We had to be here at eight. We're not doing that, okay? And for those of you at home, aren't you glad we're not on a FaceTime chat right now? <laughs> Wherever it is that you're watching this online, you know, we could see the room behind you, and that's not what we're aiming for because that's not what we're talking about when we're saying keeping your house clean. Um, we're also not just talking about, since we've already let the cat out of the bag, that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're not just talking about, you know, did you wash your hands this morning? Have you taken a shower in the last 24 hours? And some of you are going, 24 hours? Children in particular. Um, I got to tell you, by the end of an hour in that room down there, I've smelled men's locker rooms that do better. So, hey, parents, how about like a Saturday night bath would be a great, great place to go, okay? Just saying. Just saying. Just to keep, you know, the staff at church from passing out at about 45 minutes in. Um, So we're not just referring to those kinds of things that have to do with hygiene, because this is not a metaphor. I know you know that, and it's a word I can't use down the hall, but I can use it with you. This is not a metaphor. When it says the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us, that's exactly what it means. That's the actuality of what God does. I mean, often in Scripture, metaphors are used. This is not one of them, folks. He's actually present within us. And just in case, you know, you've, you've left your doctrine of divinity at home and forgot what you learned those years ago, let's look at 1 Corinthians 6.19, which doesn't require any kind of understanding at all except the English language. Have you forgotten that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Now, we're talking, he's talking to believers here. Okay, people who have accepted Jesus Christ. Have you forgotten that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and that you are not the owner of your own body? (gasps) Aghast, Americans, take note. It's not all about us. Instead, you have been bought and at what a price. Jesus Christ, the son of God, died for this. And for that. And and what a joy it is to know that, that he considers me a vessel, only worthy because of what Jesus Christ has done. So I appreciate verses like this that in my book are simple and direct. As long as you've got a grasp of the English language, you don't have to be able to you know, conjugate Greek verbs and parse this and do that and all the rest. It's, it's right there in your face, which is kind of what I was shooting for. Um, I was going to say how many years ago. I'm just going to say over 40 years ago. I'm going to digress a little bit. I had my first teaching assignment in a Christian school, sixth grade. Thirty-five kids. Um, it, was, it was a beautiful season of life. But I gotta say that first year was a little scary because it was, after all, the first year. I mean, isn't it interesting that people that go into teaching have been students all their lives and then it's Panic City when they're on the other side of things? Um, So to keep things simple, I knew that one of the experiences that I had had experienced in classrooms growing up was these lists of classroom rules. I wanna know what teachers are thinking of. It's like, you know, how many, how many of these rules are we going to nail to the door of the school? Only it's the door of the classroom. And it's like you got all these thousands of rules that I, I wanted to keep it simple. After all, you remember I said sixth grade. So we want to keep it real simple. They're going through all kinds of changes at that point. Just want to boil it down. So we had two rules. And those two rules were a total of three, three words. The first rule was... Are they up there? Yeah. Listen, and then follow directions. Do you know that if you're any good at all with argument, everything fits into those two categories? Everything. And, and with that, to keep it simple and to keep it to the point and to make it so that it covers every situation, um, it works really well for the students and the teacher. Uh, We're gonna come up with something like this today. You're gonna have figured it out long before I say it later on, but we're gonna boil everything that we're gonna, when I say we're gonna talk, that I'm gonna talk to you about this morning, um, we're gonna boil it down to two words, total of six letters. We're gonna keep it simple. When you walk out of here, if you don't know what I said today, you should probably go get checked in somewhere. Because it's going to be that simple, okay? All right? Just saying. Keeping it real. See, if you were children, I'd have said you should talk to your mom and dad about that. But I don't know who you go talk to. So First John 1 is where we're landing this morning. And would you just kind of put on your listening apparatus at this moment? If you have to shut your eyes to close things out around you, I want to read just a few verses out of 1 John 1, because sometimes hearing it is different, because if I put it up here, which we'll do with a number of others, you read ahead of me. I know some of you. You're those kind of people. You always have to be first. So there's no race right now. We're all going to hear it at the same time. Here we go, 1 John 1. We proclaim to you that we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Now we're going to go back to 1 John 1, 4. There we are. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. That's the New Living Translation. Um, in the International Children's Bible, it says, we write this to you so that we may be full of joy. We may be full of joy. So what's the big deal about Joy. Is it different than happiness? A long-used metaphor about joy and happiness goes something like this. Happiness is like a thermometer. It measures the existing conditions. If good things are happening, then I'm happy. If bad things are happening, then I'm sad. Joy, on the other hand, is not a thermometer, it's like a thermostat. It sets the climate for living. Good things happening, that's frosting on the cake. Life is already full of joy. Bad things happening, nothing important has changed. The source of your joy is still in control. His plan will still play out. You are still unconditionally and intimately loved, and his peace is still with you. Here are three personal examples of moments when happiness is gone but joy remains Uh, some of you have been around long enough that you know that 12 years ago this church did an amazing thing for our family Uh, sue and i stood in the middle of the street on september 12th september 21st 2012 and watched our house burn to the ground and what happened after that and we're talking like within 20 minutes the fire trucks weren't gone yet was an amazing thing of body life. The, the rally that this church did, we walked across the street to our mother-in-law's, Sue's mom's home, and uh, to try to gather our thoughts, and yes, for those of you that are looking for the joke, my mother-in-law did live across the street, and it was fantastic. She was a great mother-in-law, okay, just saying. Um, as we walked into the house, With this sweet little lady from a group that comes to people whose houses are burning down or who've had trauma in their life, and she's telling us the things that she has available for us, there are close to 15 people standing in our living room, in her living room, not ours, ours was burning down, um, in my mother-in-law's living room, and they're standing in a circle praying. And the gal looks at me and says, wow, you got some kind of support system. Like, yeah, yeah, we really do. This is such an amazing church body. And and at that moment, as Sue and I were standing out in the street watching everything burn, happiness was gone. Got to be honest. There was no happiness at that moment. But there was still joy because God was in control. I got this nudge from Sue in the middle of the street, and she says, is this what peace is all about? right now. This is amazing. That's God's joy. It's filled with peace. It's filled with all kinds of things, but he's there with us even when things are tough. Uh, Some of you have gone through this. We all eventually lose our parents, and we know that. Uh, But a year ago, oh gosh, two years ago, there was that 2020 thing in there that, you know, kind of like a jet lag. Uh, A couple years ago, Uh, My father passed away. There was no joy, excuse me, there was no happiness in that moment. But there was a tremendous amount of joy. Because, you know, I knew where he was. My wife, his daughter-in-law, knew where he was. His wife, my mother, knew where he was. His grandchildren all know where he is. His great-grandchildren know where he is. And even though there was that huge loss that we suffer when we lose a loved one. We knew exactly where he was and how much suffering he was experiencing from that moment forward. Zero, none, because he was in the presence of the Lord. That's just amazing joy in that moment. And then it occurred again just this last year, a year ago, with Sue's mom. She was a music lady. She, she could play an organ a piano. Actually, name an instrument. She could play it. She was one of those kind of people, you know, transpose on the fly. We sat by her bedside, and it was amazing. Sue said, why don't we play the Hallelujah Chorus for her? It's one of her favorites. So we did, and it was grand, and it was glorious. And right at the crescendo, if you're familiar with that, there's that hallelujah, at the end that's just held out. And she breathed her last. Now, was there happiness at that moment? Absolutely not. But there was tremendous joy because we know who's in control and we know where she is. And God let her have that last song. How amazing is that? This is the God that dwells within us so that I can compose myself, and I told you it was going to be different. As we get ready to fill in the blanks for point point number one, we'll return after these important commercial messages.
1: Hey everyone, I have two awesome things to let you know about. First is our nursery. Our nursery has been open since the week after Easter. It is three years old and under, and it is during our 9.30 and 11 a.m. service, so please take advantage of the awesome thing we've got going on here and come and drop off your kids. The second thing I need to let you know about is our children's church. We will be resuming normal operating procedures, meaning that we'll have the kids in worship with everybody else, and then as the sermon starts, we will be taking them back to the kids' big room. And that's what I've got for you guys, so thank you so much.
0: Okay, there we go, first commercial of the day. For those of you that need to fill in blanks, point number one, here it comes, that you may fully share our joy. And some of you may already know this from firsthand experience, but the problem with fully sharing in the joy God desires for us, as usual, is us. That's, that's the problem. The problem is us. You heard me read 1 John 1. There's a problem we each face, and that's Sin. I heard somebody saying it. Good for you. Thank you. Um, This passage tells us that since God is light and there's no darkness in him, that if we're living in darkness, then we don't have fellowship with him. We're not living in joy. And if we claim that we have no sin or have not sinned, we're only fooling ourselves and calling God a liar. Sin is a real problem. And we'll return to this problem in a moment, but let's move on to Matthew 22, 37 through 39, it reads, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. We've recently really worked through this passage, uh, but I want to bring it up again because it brings us to this idea of joy. Um, But before we do, let's break for this important commercial message
1: hey everyone it's that time of year again summer's great adventure it's june 21st through the 24th 6 to 8 p.m kids four years old through fifth grade graduates you can sign up online or in person we've got games and snacks and bible time and music and it's going to be amazing so check it out sign up by the bw bus or online and leaders we need leaders so if you're interested in serving this year at summer's great adventure also check it out online and out by the vw bus
0: i know but i only get up here every once in a while so <laughs> so before we look at the next three blanks i i want to say i, I want to share with you something that i read about what we're just about to do uh one author said that this next point is cliched and corny. So just giving you a disclaimer, okay? But he also admitted that it's the thing he's remembered most from his childhood all the way through his adulthood and that it has served him well and that it's true. So just giving you that, most of you are fully aware of what's going to come up here, but here it goes. The next three blanks, you ready? Here they are. That's how you spell joy. Jesus, others, and you. This is the order in which our lives are to be lived out, our priority system, how we do our lives. Jesus first, others next, and others last. Now, I told you, children's church this morning, right? Here we go. Watch out. With a flash and a flare. Let's start with you right there. Can you see that? You can also see the sides when I go this way, but that's all right. Okay, so there's joy. Now, if I remember correctly, it works. If I don't, it gets really funny looking fast. Joy is spelled Jesus. Yes? Yes? (laughs) Others? Did it work? (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha! Been a while. And you? Yeah. Now, there's actually a song that goes with this box. I don't do the song. Just saying. Um, But this box has actually been designed in now five different languages because it gets across such a simple point. And in those five languages, there is also a song that goes with the box that I don't sing that that now has a world record, which means they're doing this thing while they're singing the song. I don't know how you can see it and sing it in 4.2 seconds, but that's the world record, and I'd like to know what language it's in. Just saying. It's a, it's a great tool, though, because it, it helps remember. It's one of those, you're going to go home today, and at some point you're going to go, what was that box about again? You might not remember anything else I said. Shame on you. So true, I know. Season of life, right? So the, the you at the end, the, the me at the end, doesn't mean it's never about us. What it means is, I'm not number one. No selfishness, no prideful ego, not eager to impress, not uh, giving honor to others instead of ourselves, being humble and interested in the lives of others. And for those of you that are recognizing it, if you want more of that, Philippians 2 is a great place to go check it out. You see, it's not just that this means that we have joy in our life all the time but that we are joyful, that we're full of joy. Because we're following the leading of the Holy Spirit, and our lives are exhibiting a joy that others see, that others experience, that others are comforted by, that they're supported by. We don't just have joy, we are joy, because those are the priorities in our life, Jesus, others, and you. Joy is the whole package. It's not something that we just experience. It's something that defines who we are, how we think, how we talk, how we act. Which brings us back to the real problem, sin. And the solution to the problem is such a blessing from God because the same way that we became Christians, admitting our sinfulness and admitting that we need God's help in that and that we need Christ's forgiveness, it's the same way that we continue to deal with sin in our lives once we are believers. First John 1, 9, which was part of what we read, goes like this. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. And some of you are familiar with the idea that if you parsed verbs, And you did those things. It could also read, and just to forgive us our sins and to keep on cleansing us from all wickedness. Some of you like the unrighteousness. That's why I put wickedness up there. It's a different translation. And you don't just read over it. It makes you stop and say, hey, wait, that's not the way I memorized it. And can I just say, if you memorized it, good. Do more. Do more. You can't have too much Bible hidden in your heart. You just can't. Okay. So, we'll return to fill in the blanks. But first, this important word from student ministries.
1: How do we build the foundation of student ministry? That's you. Come see me at our information booth today and sign up for prayer for 2021.
0: Wow, I told him to keep it short. And is that like... I didn't know I had that kind of power in the young man's life, but he's just a really good friend and he did what I asked. Uh, So yeah, that's actually going to be something. Do you realize that each of these things has had some kind of an action on your part to take? I mean, you might say, oh, I don't have kids that are nursery age, (laughs) but we need nursery workers. Oh, I don't have children in children's church or summer's great adventure age. Yeah, well, you might have grandkids or you might be able to pray for them or like Hunter asked here, there's an actual table out there and down at the end of the hall, so there's two different tables where you could take action on these commercials that you've seen today. Now, I know the commercials you normally watch are things you 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 get up and go check the refrigerator or something, but you couldn't leave. You got stuck watching the commercials today on purpose. So we'll hope that there's A response to what you've seen. Okay, which brings us to point number three. Always come back to joy. Always come back to joy. An interesting quote from Adrian Rogers' book, The Power of His Presence, goes something like this. And and for those, I I don't want this one word to get caught up. A saint would be somebody who's accepted Jesus Christ as their savior. We're not talking about sainthood like somewhere else, maybe, but just those who have accepted Christ as their Savior. The loss of joy in a saint is a terrible loss. The most miserable person on earth is not an unsaved person, but rather a saved person who is out of fellowship with the Lord. And some of you are going, because yeah. you know that's true, right? Right? So do I. I know that's true by firsthand experience. I'll, I allow whatever to get in the way of this, and I become number one, and I start doing it myself, and guess what? Life gets all messed up, and, and there is no joy. And, and being out of fellowship with the Lord is such a horrible place to be when you know how great it should be and can be and usually is. I will admit that some sin can bring a thrill or seem to be fun in the moment. You found this as I have, though. It's always short-lived. Always. And after having experienced God's great love, I really don't want to disappoint Him. I don't want to live without this joy that He brings into my life. We can always come back to joy if we're willing to deal with the one thing that keeps us from experiencing all that God desires for us. It's so reassuring to know that God has not only placed the Holy Spirit in my life to be my comforter and serve as an advocate for me, but... There are two verses in 1 John chapter two, which we didn't get into today, but we're gonna sneak a little peek at. My dear children, he says, I write this letter to you so you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have a helper in the presence of the Father, Jesus Christ, the one who does what is right. Other translations refer, oh, he died in our place, to take away our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all people. This is so amazing, because it's not, it's not just just, just that the Holy Spirit lives within me, but then Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, and he's my advocate. As I have two advocates. I probably... If they were anybody other than the Holy Spirit and Jesus, there are not enough people in this room to be my advocate. But because it's the Holy Spirit and the Son of God, Jesus Christ, this is an amazing thing. We have both of them who who are not only our advocate, but our cheerleader and our support and our comfort. To realize that the Holy Spirit is taking everything that I say to God and making it fit for God's ears, and that Jesus Christ is speaking on my behalf before God the Father is an amazing reality. So at the beginning of things today, I said we are going to boil all this morning's conversation down into two words, a total of six letters. You probably already have this one figured out. See, if I was in children's church for real, this still would not be necessarily something that would be done. Uh, However, maybe you got caught up in uh, the topic or maybe you were distracted by the commercials. Uh, But on the count of three, what I'm going to ask is for you to give us out loud what those two words, those six letters are. You ready? One, two, three. And? Thank you, Sue. Wow. Everybody else, we got to start back on page one start again, wow, okay, that was just like children's church, I mean, you guys didn't even say like Jesus, Bible, church, you know, the typical, let's try this again, there are two words, six letters that we can boil everything we've talked about this morning down to, and they are, joy, and sin, yes, never leave my wife hanging like that again, Shame on you. Okay, so joy and sin. Didn't expect that at all. What am I going to do second service? You won't be here. I'm in trouble. It's going to be quiet crickets everywhere. Okay. How many of you really knew what it was? You're just afraid to say it. Okay, I told somebody this morning who will go nameless that if you didn't all have it figured out by the time I got to the end, I had done a horrible job of getting us there. I'm going to have to work on this for second service. So you know how some people say love and hate are opposites, and you understand that they're really not, because love is like the strongest emotion that you could have in caring for somebody, and so hatred is not the opposite, apathy is. Because there's the lack of any care or concern or feeling at all. Hmm, that's new to you too, huh? Okay, so that's good. Glad we use that as an example. So we got love and apathy. We've got joy and sin. Realize that that kind of boils down the Christian walk? If your life is not full, bubbling over, With the joy that Jesus makes available to us, talk to God a little bit. Find out what that sin is that that you're hanging on to. What is that thing that you can't let go of? What is it that needs to be confessed and then forgiven? Because this is the life God has for us right here Jesus, others, you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for all you do for us. We thank you that you keep it simple for me. Would you help us to find ways today to experience your joy completely, to keep Jesus first, to find ways to love others and to treat them better than ourselves, and then to enjoy the wonderful relationship that you have with each of us personally. God, we thank you for your great plan for our lives. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for what's about to occur. God, it doesn't often get to happen in first service, and so we're thankful that baptism is something that we're going to get to experience together. Would you bless this time? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.